What's up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Scott McKenna Podcast. I did this on a recent podcast, and I got some good feedback from it, so I figured I'd bring you another one. I recently hopped on, and I've been hopping on YouTube Live quite a bit and doing some real-time Zoom Q&A calls with a bunch of you. That's been a lot of fun. It's a great way to be able to connect with you guys more personally, and I did it again recently, and I wanted to bring you some of what I thought were the best questions and hopefully the best and most valuable answers for you. So here it is, just the audio stripped from the highlight video. This one's not going on YouTube, but I hope you can find some value in some of these answers that I feel like a lot of people struggle with. So hope this helps. Would love to know your thoughts. Comment on Twitter, DM me on Instagram, do whatever you want. You know I'm there. Thanks for listening. So how did you know when to take the plunge to go full time with what you're doing? Because like um, I am kind of making... Me, you're saying not like... not not when I, to hire an editor. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Not to hire an yeah. editor full time. But when, when did you take the plunge? Um, yeah. So to, to me, to go yeah, I mean, to me it was, I started obviously on weddings and like that was my primary. So the, the good thing about weddings was the fact that it was easy to kind of look ahead and know how many weddings you had coming in the next, you know, 12 months and to at least have a bare minimum of what you knew you were going to make not counting if anything else came in. So the way I looked at it was like, you know, I knew what I knew what my salary at that point at the church was and I knew what I needed to maintain as a salary and I basically wanted to get to a point where I knew that the remaining or the next 12 months or maybe 6 months even would equal what I would make in the next 6 months working a job and for me, like I said, it was a little bit easier because of weddings as you kind of can see that in advance. But there's also always going to be, you know, a risk in that. But you, I kind of looked at it and said like, okay, well, I know I'm making X amount of dollars over the next six months. And I felt confident enough that if I actually put all of my effort full time into this, that I'd have a great chance to get way more. So if I knew that I was already covered, if nothing else happened, and then if I actually put now 40 hours a, a week of of effort, or at that time I was doing way more than 40 hours, I still do, I just was kind of convinced that I'd be able to do more. Because it was like if I, if I had been building it for three years and it was working and I didn't feel like I was putting nearly as much time as I wanted to, I felt like, well, it's gotta, I've got to have at least a little bit more success <laughs> if I put all my effort into it. And that's kind of how I feel like everyone is. But eventually there becomes a point that you either know you can afford it or – you just know it's really a passion of yours. And I mean, I don't know what you do for a living, but I mean, you can, I kind of say you kind of can always get another job, um, but you can't go back to like where you're currently at with a passion for something and take a chance on it because it, it could be too late to take that chance. But everyone's situation is so different. Like, do you have kids? Yeah. Do you have kids? Oh. Oh no, no, I do not. Yeah, I mean, I have fur kids. Are you married? I mean, uh, I do. Yeah. So actually, it's funny. I'm already a video editor and a content creator for a seminary. Nice. Um, And so, um, you know, I'm kind of already doing what I'm doing. Yeah. What I love doing already, but it's, you know, I I just want to like what I, I don't know. No. Just looking into the future. Yeah. I mean, I I get it. I mean, there there's there's some people you know naturally have that entrepreneurial bug or just just you know desiring uh, more freedom of what what you do with your time like I yeah I've totally been there I mean I I get it entirely but I think yeah you just got to kind of decide 
you know, you got to weigh a lot of factors, your, your salary, your, you know, health insurance, how that factors in to know that like your cost for that, if you lose certain things that you have now, whatever, like you kind of do have to factor all those things in. And then obviously, you know, your, your spouse is going to play a huge role into the support system or non-support system. That's going to also play into that factor. So I was fortunate enough that, you know, I, did my best of proving to my wife over the course of three years working full-time and having the side hustle that like I was growing revenue month by month and year by year on a side hustle so you know I kind of had at least a little bit of the leverage to be like hey you know at least it'd be one thing if I was telling you I want to go full-time but I've gotten no business but she kind of saw growth in there and, and believed that I could continue to do that moving forward. So that's important too. I mean, and that's also why I strongly consider like if you don't already just really tracking like all your income and like having a client management software and all that because the easiest way to have like just confidence in yourself and help your spouse or help anyone is like be able to look at numbers. Like when I can look and see how much money is going to be coming over the next bunch of months and more importantly, like look at a chart and know that it's done nothing but grow. That obviously helps you be a lot more confident rather than just being like, I feel like I'm busier than I used to be. <laughs> like, so that's a big piece because, you know, people are shocked that it's not actually that hard sometimes to replace your salary in this business, even not being unbelievably expensive because, it's just you're able to you know make good money in this profession and replace a salary rather easy depending on obviously the skill set but not everybody you know wants to do that either so it's kind of <laughs> you really got to kind of follow kind of follow what you feel is, yeah. is best in your current and I'm certainly kind of leaning down that line of like do I just try to find it you know I'm not looking for another job right now yeah. but like do I want to like lean that way of like do I want to always be you know with somebody um, or do I want to just kind of try something on my own? Yeah. Um, time will only tell. Yeah, so. totally. And like I said, I mean, you always, you always got to know that like, you, you know, there are always more jobs that you can get. And even sometimes the place that you leave ends up, you know, Hey, I made a mistake. And if you guys are looking at it, it's, people, people realize that people are just different. I mean, it's, it's how old are you? Uh, I'm 25. Yeah. So you're, you're super young. So, I mean, that's, I didn't go full time until I was, uh, 2017 30 32 31 so yeah i mean I, I started i started the business in 2013 so i was like 27 so like when i started mm -hmm. the wedding business so same type of age like it's just it's just start yeah keep going and and you'll you'll kind of you just kind of eventually get the sense that it that it goes from i mean i'm kind of an optimist like i could have went full-time day one and just been like i just know i'll make it happen just because like i've I, that, I just have confidence like I don't want to I I don't try to like I don't need to necessarily get the approval like I just want to be like why can't I do it of course like why not like I just that's just how I tend to be because I'd rather be positive than like always doubtful but because yeah. I feel like if you go into something fearing it you also run the business that way too and every sales meeting you have is not so confident every pricing structure is not so confident and oh, yeah. you got to be confident in, in doing it or else yeah, that's, struggle regardless. I, could, I feel like I could talk to you forever. I don't want to take yeah. too much of your time, but that's totally me. Like, I, yeah. it's not that I'm fearful of like meeting clients or anything like that. I'm just like, it, it just like my pricing doesn't really scare me. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just, I can see the fear in their eyes and I'm like, Oh crap. Like, uh, <laughs> like how yeah. do I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I probably need to set up a 
consult meeting with you or something. Yeah, dude, but, I mean, like, yeah, that's not not a shameless plug whatsoever. But that's stuff I talk with people a lot about because it's there's there's so many conversations I have with people about that, like pricing and how kind of that whole thing goes so if you ever do definitely reach out um you can and anyone watching online too obviously it, you can you can always book them like directly through through my actual site so scottmckenna.com and i'll like literally literally pick calendar things so if you ever want to feel free we could talk if you you have two paths you have two things you could do mm-hmm. for me it's i could do weddings or i could do voiceover i feel like i'm kind of equally as good at both both mm-hmm. of them for me have their pros and cons what is your thought on how to kind of i mean i know this is more than ethical thing but what is your thought on kind of how how do i decide which path to go down first because i know i could do both of them essentially but just to get started what is your thought on how to choose a path to go down in the first place well i think the natural path you should choose first of all would be like what you feel like you actually enjoy more and then followed by if you really enjoy something but don't aren't getting a lot of work with it then that might not be the best choice if if it's for you know for financial reasons or whatever right but yeah if I, you, i'm just very self-conscious kind of, about my voice so i you know i feel like i could technically do better with mm-hmm. weddings but it you know also my disability puts me at a you know so it's like a it's a hit or miss for me it's they both have their pros and cons i mean i think I that about. i mean the good thing about voiceover is that i mean you can i mean both things you said you can do both simultaneously because you know voiceover stuff is is very you need to to actually get a lot of voiceover work you need to be able to knock things out very quickly mm-hmm. so like you have to be able to look at you know join sites like voices.com and these different sites mm-hmm. that you can get scripts and quickly put stuff out so you can do that realistically whenever you want where you know mm-hmm. even if you get super busy in weddings it's not like that's going to take every minute of your time so i would say that in a situation like that where it sounds like you're kind of new to possibly both of them is do both like you have nothing you know you have nothing to lose just do both of those things and then you can just go from there and and see which one you actually like better and you'd probably be fine just doing both until you could actually figure it out you know because well i appreciate all your help man i've been i've been a fan for a long time i appreciate it um yeah, I, I think I tagged you in a Twitter post a couple a couple months ago. There's a guy that I work with looks exactly like you. His name is Oh yeah, awesome I think Scott. I do remember seeing something. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny because the funny. second I saw him, I was like, "What?" But yeah, it's so <laughs> funny. funny. So well, I appreciate touch, everything man. you really, do, man, and all your help it. and Thanks everything. Thanks so much for the so. support. What's up, Theo? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. First of all, I just want to say thank you for the great advice over the years. Appreciate it. When, how long have you been following the channel? Um, two, three years now. Awesome. Means a lot. I started you, my business from? Uh, after I saw one of your, I think, yeah, the long video. Sweet. Of the behind the scenes. Yeah. And I was able to get a GH4. Nice. Which helped me down for about six months. Upgraded to the GH5s. And business continued growing. Awesome. And now I'm at the C200s. I see it back there. Uh, looks Looking good. Looking good. Where are you where are you yeah, based? Uh, sorry? Where are you where are you based at location? I'm based in London. London. Awesome. Yeah. So it's been uh it's been a great journey. That's awesome. Uh, man. Congrats. So as of late, I'm I've been finding myself uh struggling to keep myself motivated. Mm-hmm. Um I'm still in the phase where I'm I'm working alone. Mm-hmm. So most of the times I go out on jobs and I have 
my friends who have been training for the past few years and they have also started their own businesses mm-hmm. and every time i get someone new i always turn them to your channel to kind of get the same job training sweet it's awesome so um but yeah my main question is how do you keep yourself motivated so and- so when you say you you're struggling with being motivated would you say that that's as of late like with you know the whole covid stuff before probably starting from last year okay and so and and so you you're lacking motivation to get business or lack of motivation like you don't like shooting or you don't like editing where where do you feel like you're lack when you wake up what's the first thing you want to do each day the first thing i want to do is shoot okay so you like uh, shooting i dread editing okay. uh especially the weddings because they're so long yeah. and yeah, absolutely um yeah and uh after after you do 10 weddings yeah. and they all want changes <laughs> the few requests it uh-huh. then gets a bit overwhelming yeah. i've kind of set up processes mm-hmm. uh, for me to be able to track all of all of our work and what needs to be done but at most times it just gets yeah so yeah so clearly um shooting is and i'm you know on the same type of type of path like i i'm not a huge fan of editing um i like i i do like it and i had to obviously know it before i could hire people for it but i mean are you at the financial place that you can hire an editor Technically, no. Okay. But Maybe I have in the past hired for one or two jobs okay. when I got to a point where I had too much work that needed to be edited. Mm-hmm. But then I had a problem where his editing was not the same as mine, of which my clients had hired me because they liked the way it was shot and edited. Yeah. So there's there's so the first part of that is if you're at the spot where you. I mean, if, if you feel like you're confident enough that you can get more work, my recommendation would be that you get some more work, even if it means that it's going to make you really, really busy for a short time and know that, like, if you can, you know, raise your revenue by 20, 30 percent and you can then put that money into an editor and then it will allow you to do what you like. That's the first step, I would say, is try to get to that, even if it's part time at first. But trying to get a consistent editor will help you because if you're if you're not enjoying editing, it's naturally going to make you not feel motivated to even shoot because you know that when you shoot, you have to do what you hate. And that's not what you want to have to do. Um, you also just have to be smart enough to realize that it may make more sense if if this is about you know actually enjoying what you do to figure out how you can get an editor sooner than you know maybe you even can necessarily afford immediately, like at, at what amount of hours just to try to get it away from you because you're not going to enjoy it. And then in turn, it'll feed into a lot of things more than you think. Like you'll, you'll not want to get as many new jobs because you know, you have to shoot. And then when you shoot, you know, you have to edit. So in turn, you're like, I just don't want to do any of it. But that's not obviously a great, a great suggestion is, is not, is not doing any of it. You want to obviously grow. You like your business. You like shooting. You like all that kind of stuff. You just need to get an editor. And you need to figure out what that amount is. And then the second part of that that is is honestly more important, and when you're first hiring somebody, is to understand that you are not always going to love the way that someone naturally would edit something. But there's two parts. You have to train people to understand what you're looking for. And then you also have to make sure that your ego doesn't get in the way to 
make you think because I did this. This is me speaking to myself when I started. I hired someone to you know to start editing, and naturally, when you hire someone to do editing for you, you instantly feel like you're the best editor of all time. So no one can compare to how good your edit would be. And the reality is, once you kind of let go of your ego and realize that you're not the best ever, then it'll allow you to let people have some different freedom in edits and realize that there are certain things I'm not saying to let someone do an edit that is like entirely off brand and people would be like, what the heck, who edited this? But there are little things here and there that you may look at a shot they chose, maybe the way they even did text, something that's just a little different preference than you prefer. And, but you know, it's not like the client's not going to like it. It's just, you're kind of looking at it and being like, I don't really love that, but it's also not like it's not a bad edit. It's just a different preference because then one or two things happen. Either you send it to the client and they say, hey, I really didn't like that one thing. Could we just change that? And then your editor learns, OK, they're also not perfect and they will start to listen to you more or the edit. You're going to get a thing back from the client that be like, I absolutely love it. Awesome, awesome work. And you're going to learn next time to let go of even a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more because you have to realize at least the way I have it set up, like no edit that anyone does for my company goes directly to a client. It has to come to me first regardless. So it's not like you're having to worry about losing all control and not giving a client what you have, they've come to realize. But at the same time, it's really going to benefit you to try to do as much as you can to keep getting in this mentality of being okay, letting people do some things that you might not like because you'll end up getting better stuff because of it. Because you only see things through one lens and it's the lens that you've always seen it through. So it's really yeah. hard to hire someone and think that they ever can match your quality. That you, But it's once you get used to that and you let go of some of those things, you'll enjoy it way more because then you're having to see less and less edits and make less and less revisions and You'll know like the difference between like, hey, the the, the client's not going to hate this regardless. Let's just let them see what they think. Maybe they'll love it and it'll be awesome. Maybe, you know, whatever. But I would definitely do that because you don't – you're not going to suddenly gain motivation tomorrow for editing. So you have to get to the next phase of hiring someone. And even if that's starting at 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week or whatever, maybe if you feel like you're skilled enough to train somebody – you should bring somebody on that is super young that just wants to learn and train them because I'd always rather bring someone on that really wants to learn than someone that's just unbelievably skilled. And on top of that, the really unbelievably skilled person is probably going to be more than you can afford right now. So your only option right now is to cheat people and train them. And don't be afraid to train everything you know and use YouTube and my channel and other people to help train them. But just find people that want to learn and just start making progress on it because it's not going to get any easier and you're not going to want to be even more busy in you know six months from now and realize you have so many edits to do and you don't want to do them, but then you're not actually giving clients any work or you're rushing through them and not giving them something that you're happy with either. So I would definitely say focus hard on trying to to find a person it'll really benefit you and you'll you'll enjoy your life <laughs> a lot more <laughs> a little more yeah that's so, fine thanks for the advice you got it man keep in touch yeah. appreciate it uh, bye. all right see ya man long time no see i know um, that's, some, that's some cinematic lighting you got there
Listen, I'm going for the orange and teal for sure. Sweet. Uh, there's not much teal, but we're working with it. Yeah, just mainly um, orange. Real question: How does a how does a brand say, for example, 4LC Studios, and and you now scaling creative is mm-hmm. kind of your main focus? I know you focus on both. How do how do you transform what you're known for and and your reputation as a business go from weddings to commercials? And I know some businesses, especially around me, are going through this stage within their business where they want to go from a different industry. So you're talking about not splitting up the brands, but you suddenly want to make right. your brand. Not suddenly, just kind of merge. So do of... you want to merge and eventually get rid of one entirely? Or do you want to no, merge and you want both to exist under the same brand? Right. Is it possible? So my recommendation, is it possible? Probably. Do I recommend it? Not at all. Only because okay. I feel like brides don't want to see commercials. And commercial clients don't want to see couples and brides. I think there's this very bad perception. Even if you're the most amazing wedding cinematographer in the world, a company with a large budget that wants to do a commercial doesn't understand or care that there is good wedding cinematography. All they say is, that's cute. They shoot weddings. Like, I feel like, I feel like there's, to me, that's kind of how I saw it is like, and you can never brand correctly, right? Like Instagram is a massive, massive platform for branding and you can't appeal and have your page look appealing to a couple while simultaneously trying to actually get commercial clients because right. it has to look, when a couple's looking for you, they want to see nothing but like their love stories and these weddings and brides and all that. And if they suddenly see like, hey, here's a, here's a piece we just did for this auto shop and they're like, what the, who the heck is this guy that I feel like it doesn't. Mm. And I think to both companies, it doesn't make it look like you actually are good at either one. So you're kind of trying a little bit of everything. Now I think that you, the only way that I think you could somehow brand it differently would be that you, and that that's why the decision is hard is like, you'd have to be like, okay, Instagram, which obviously is very catered going to be to your actual brides and grooms would be nothing but wedding branded content on the platform on, 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 on your page. And then like on a LinkedIn place or for or Facebook, maybe that it's more commercially branded. So it's like, you're kind of appealing to what different people are on those platforms. It just makes it really hard because you can't really, you have to like baby around what type of content you want to put out from the company, which in turn, I don't feel like helps you actually put out content that would get you work you know sure. what i mean that's that's why i just think it's i just personally think it's easier to to just have the two brands because it, it's no different either in terms of how you might operate it except that there's a different name and a different company for it like scaling creative is our llc and 4lc studios is owned by scaling creative and they and it's a, a doing business as 4lc studios under scaling creative llc so it's just a it's just a, a, another name, but we can do anything we want with that company. And then the good thing about that too is like we can at any given time I could just decide to not do weddings whatsoever and just entirely like let it go. Now the disadvantage that you have is that your name is in the companies, which is why I'm not a huge fan of names because you I've can't, learned that lesson. You can't I couldn't you can't just let someone entirely run Will Height Productions weddings without Will Height being there. 
where Four LC like Studios right. at this point new couple. Well, this I'm actually more involved than I have been recently, just because of some staff changes and some things. But like up until you know over the last year and a half, people sometimes would meet me for the first time at the wedding and not even have a clue that I even owned it because it I didn't they didn't talk to me when they when they couple like when they got in touch with us they talked with a different whole different person so i was entirely removed from the brand and that was the best because i can i could do whatever i wanted in terms of hire people i could send different shooters i could have different editors because when they talked with the girl who did all my booking they they knew she didn't shoot so and her response as i always wanted it to be was like it's not you know you don't there's no, you're getting this specific shooter or this shooter. You're getting four LC Studios, and we will send a good team to actually do it. That's literally all we guaranteed to people. I want to, in the end goal, is to limit the weddings to maybe five to seven per year. Yeah. That's the end goal. And then focus the rest on commercial doing so. Because I, I thoroughly enjoy weddings personally. I, I get a sense of satisfaction out of it, um, serving brides on their wedding day. Mm-hmm. But but for the creative side and the, and the side I'm more focused on to further my career mm-hmm. um, is the corporate stuff. So mm-hmm. that's that's where I'll, I'll, I'm definitely going to do that. And and but I was thinking the exact opposite was to keep Uli Productions with weddings and then create a name for something alongside the corporate world, because I feel like businesses are more confident in writing a check if your name's not attached to it. But um, I also think a, that, like, with a commercial type of client or a video production company, Will Height Productions, it's it could almost be more common more common that like someone does own own the company, but it's not necessarily them, you know, sending out their people. Right. Where like weddings are so what commercial are is, is way less personal than you think. Like my commercial clients. They, other than a couple of them that like I do specific work myself with, like I am maybe shooting a quarter of the stuff that we do, or maybe editing a quarter, and like they're completely fine with it because they trust me as an actual person to know that the people mm-hmm. would do good work. But like weddings are so much about like, are you that's talking to me right now going to be the one booking my wedding? And if not, I don't want to do it. Like c- commercial companies aren't really like that. A lot, like it's just there's so much because they they have bigger budgets they also have employees to know underst- and understand the idea of delegation wedding couples don't understand or care or want the idea of delegation they want you to do it forever and that's the end of the story commercial companies know that that's not how business works that you are not the only person and frankly they wouldn't even really love working with a company that was one man because that doesn't feel stable to them either because they're like, you know, mm. you you do everything. How are you going to make like and you have other clients? Are you even going to be available for me? Yeah. I, well, I, you know, I'm 23. I'm and I've exactly. gotten to the point where, now where I'm at the crossroads with mm-hmm. revenue split. Mm-hmm. Like I'm making just as much as weddings as I am a commercial. Yep. Right. So it's it's like pick a side. Yep. And I, I just at this point I, I it's still one of those things where i think the the decision will come eventually but that's some good information yeah and i was at the exact same situation and that for me the decision was just easier in the manner of knowing that like every single current commercial client you have now there is a chance that you can get them to pay more and more and more money with you every single wedding that you have right now with you will not pay any more money after the wedding is done 
other that, than you yeah, know, the lifetime various, value is zero. Yes. Like, and so it's <laughs> like when you are someone like you that has obviously a good personality and can make relationships, you you get ongoing clients that pay you more and more and more money and become huge clients where weddings, it's like after each thing, you're starting over and you're starting over. And so it's this hard, like even if you love relationships, the relationship for the most part ends when the wedding is over. And that's like you put a lot into it to have something kind of end and not be something that could be a lifetime value for you as a company too. So that's why people naturally migrate to that. Cool. So thanks everyone for joining us. Hopefully this was fun. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks as always. Make sure you follow me on Instagram or Twitter because those are the best spots for me to put like when I'll be doing more of these because I really want to try to do it on a regular basis because it's a lot of fun. So hopefully we can uh, do that soon. So, But anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks, people. See ya.